How about a little breather from nonstop news at Ohio State? Uh, I'll knock on wood. But Tuesday was a relatively quiet one around Ohio State. So the hump day edition of the podcast daily is going to look a little bit different. That's Bill Landis and Jeremy Birmingham. I am Austin Ward. My question for you guys is to this point, Bill, what has been the most impactful move you think for the Buckeyes? Oh, man. Um, that's tough. I would say to this point, probably keeping Tyleek Williams, maybe. Mm, okay. Yeah. I think, I think like Tyleek was one of the best defensive tackles in all of college football last year. And like, I know his cotton bowl was maybe not great. He did look a little winded by, by the end of that game, but I'm not really holding that against him. Every game up until that point, I, I thought it was really excellent football we saw from from Tyleek. So to get back a guy who I think has you know, all American ceilings probably too strong, but like definitely first team all conference ceiling and like the ceiling to be one of the best players in the country at his position, I think is tremendously impactful. So up until now, I think that's the biggest one. Okay. One vote for Tyleek Williams, one vote from Bill stealing what I thought would be an easy one for me. Guess I'll have to come up with something else. Berm, what do you think? Um, I don't really ever think about things in the micro sense. So, uh, in the oh, I mean, you don't. Ohio State has picked up four new offensive starters in the last week, and so I don't know how you can look at anything other than that. Uh, and even if Trayvon Henderson returns, which again is still a very real possibility, the idea of Quinshawn Judkins and and Will Howard and Will Merrick and, and Seth McLaughlin, those guys are not coming into Ohio State to be depth pieces those are four guys that uh, are hole fillers and, and impact makers and, and i don't know how you can look at anything other than that if you want to you know slice it off i just told you how berm i literally just told you how no uh, oh, okay. if, if you want to slice off one piece of that it's will howard you get a new quarterback like i mean that there's nothing that that decision will make or break the 2024 ohio state ohio state football team so i, I don't it, nothing nothing else will make or break the team more than whether or not Will Howard lives up to what Ryan Day expects him to be. And nothing impacted 2023 more than Kyle McCord maybe being a step or two below what everyone expected him to be. And Will Howard will now assume all that pressure and all that responsibility for how next season goes. So the originator of the drill down says that he can't think in the micro. He's only <laughs> working in the macro. It's 2024, man. I, I, I Everything now is just big picture and and good good vibes, man. It's all about vibes. Huh. Wow. Things have changed, man. I like the old burn better. Bring the 2023 version back. He'll be back soon enough. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Dead. That's that sounds right. I I thought I would be able to just, you know, zig while you guys zagged and take a defensive tackle returning for his senior year, but I guess I have to go back to the old me and say that bringing in a new starting quarterback is a pretty big deal. Uh, I, I'm, but I'm really curious about it. The reason I don't like it doesn't come to mind, even as influential and impactful as you'd think it was going to be, to a guy with a conference championship, multi years starting at the Power Five level. I just, even watching several games of his, I just, it's hard for me to project that forward. I'm not trying to be skeptical about Will Howard in any way. I think that the tools are there and really intriguing, and we've talked about him a ton. But like, I still haven't, you know, seen him on, you know, 
on a practice yet for Ohio State. Don't know how much, how long it's going to take in the offense. It'll still be the first time for him doing that. Um, to Berm's point, like one way or the other, it's going to determine the course of the season. So I guess if we're saying which one is going to swing the year for Ohio State, that could go either way, and then the quarterback becomes really important. But I, I just it the guys that they get back, and there's still the possibility for more as this week progresses. Is uh, this is the day today, Wednesday? January 10th that Denzel Brooks said that he would be announcing. So we'll see what happens for Ohio State there. Maybe the answer could could change by uh, later on today. I don't know. But having somebody like Tyleek Williams, having Jack Sawyer back, even Ty Hamilton, who we talked about making his decision on Monday, these things are big deals. Like keeping your own players in the program, that's really what you want to do. If you can be selective and targeted in the transfer portal, yes, do that. And we've seen Ohio State have success with Trey Sermon and Jonah Jackson and obviously Justin Fields. But the best thing you can do for the health of your program is have guys see it through to the finish line. And I think that is pretty, pretty significant. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm with Berm on the starting quarterback being most important, but I, I it could not work out. So I, I, we'll see what it looks like. Like, I, I feel like I know that Tyleek's going to be good, which is why I picked him. And like there, there's a there's a body of work with all these guys that are coming back. That I think would would lead us to pick really any of them, and also Quinshawn Junkins too. Um, the other the other transfers there are question marks, and that's not me saying they're going to be bad, but um, I'm not going to also tell you that I feel 100 percent great about all those pickups working out either. There's there's work to be done, I think, with Will Howard and Seth McLaughlin and, and Will Keckmerick too. Like it's a guy making the jump from the MAC to the Big Ten. That, that's that's a big jump. So. Um, I think there's reason to believe all three can be very good and impactful players for for Ohio State, but I'm not I'm not all the way there just yet. Where I am basically all the way there with everyone who's coming back on the roster and also the running back they just picked up. I'm going to say this: Will Cack Merrick won a MAC championship at Ohio. Will Howard won a Big Twelve championship at Kansas State. Seth yeah. McLaughlin won an SEC championship at Alabama. How many of the current players at Ohio State and the guys who are returning for their next year? Uh, have won a Big Ten championship. Did those guys win those by themselves? Yes. Oh, I think that's indisputable. That makes it even more impressive. Yeah, it is. That's, I'm just saying wow. you're you're adding not just players at positions you need, but you're adding guys that have won games. You're adding a guy like Seth McLaughlin who has played in a in a spot similar to Ohio State, one of the three or four places in the country where you are expected to win every single game. I think that sort of uh, that sort of pressure that these guys have already played with in their careers that sort of recipe the success they've had uh is why like i look at them taking that step into ohio state and it being seamless and saying hey this will be a different situation of course but i i don't see any i mean i've already called him willie heisman okay will howard is going to new york as a heisman finalist in december so bold prediction number one for the 2024 season is that I, I I have that's a micro. Yeah, I I don't know, man. Like I, I know that when we first started talking about the Will Howard thing, we talked about it the day after we got back from Dallas, and we were all exhausted and and run down, and it wasn't like a, a an energetic conversation. Some I've, of us still are. I've watched yeah. a lot about this kid in the last uh, couple of of days, and I just think it's a winner. I think it's going to be a an absolute uh, home run for Ohio State, and so like I can't. I can't think anything other than that as far as what's going to be what's going to be the biggest impact maker in 2024 because I think Hero Canoe and and Jason McDonald or Jason Moore and K- 
Caden McDonald and Taiwan Malone, I think all those guys could have had an opportunity to elevate their game. Maybe not to what Tyleek did last year, but as a collective, I think that they could have been, uh, you know, a, a, a good replacement. I don't know that I feel that way about the quarterback situation. I think that you would have gone into 2024 feeling a lot of question marks about the position if you didn't bring in Will Howard. And I think that he answers a lot of them. What things were you watching? Uh, just film of Will Howard, watching him play football. Uh, it wa- right, the kid's eight. a competitor. The kid, is, he he's so much bigger than I think people ex- expect him to be, number one. He's far more athletic than like the, the early comparisons are, oh, what's the difference between him and Kyle McCord? Like, it's not really close how much more athletic Will Howard is than Kyle McCord. I, I just, you know, he, he is a little bit of a gunslinger. I think you can coach a lot of that stuff um, to be more calf- careful with the football. And I just think about a kid like that. I said it the other day, but if you put him in a room with Carnell Tate and Jeremiah Smith and Brandon Ennis and, and Emeka Abuka and Trayvon Henderson and Quinshawn Quinshaw Judkins, like this is not a kid who's, you can't look at his output the last couple of years and expect it to be anywhere near what he should have at Ohio State. And he's been yeah, pretty yeah. good. Doug, Doug and I did the uh, Kings of Columbus on on Tuesday. It went up Tuesday evening, um, and like a large chunk of it is about Will Howard. And like like the the summary of that is like he's a little raw in some places, but there's a, there's a ton to work with there. So like I, I get what you're saying. There's if you watch multiple games of his account, if you if you pick the wrong game to watch, you might think like, oh, I don't know about this guy. But if you watch multiple games of his at Kansas State, I think you see you know a, a body of work there that is enticing and a skill set that is enticing and. I think the offense will need to be tweaked a little bit to, to bring out the best in him. But, uh, you know, there's there's no there's no reason to, I guess, like doubt wholeheartedly that, that Ohio State's not going to be able to get anything more out of him than what he was at Kansas State. I, I think there's a lot of room there for him to improve, and I think there's a lot of reason to believe that Ohio State can get him to that level. I just I, – I, I don't want to guarantee it as much as Berm did by I'm saying that Will, that Will Howard's going to be a, a Heisman Trophy candidate or finalist. Is he going to win? Is he going to win? No. Everyone is a Heisman okay. Trophy candidate. Am I? That's that's the secret. He will be a Heisman Trophy finalist. Got it. I voted for Bill last year. Thank you. You're welcome. I can't believe you didn't get an invite. I voted for Clay Aiken. Ooh, that's a good one. He is always an option. Uh, kudos to both of you. You made it through a segment about Will Howard, and neither of you said the name Josh Allen. So I'm much happier about that than what we've been going through. Um, I hope he doesn't the, turn the ball over as much as Josh Allen does. Watch there your you mouth. Go. Watch <laughs> your mouth. All right. Um, he won't this weekend. He's going to win. Um, there are pending decisions and a lot of them for Ohio state as the rest of this week goes on and potentially the month. I don't know. We'll see how long some of this stuff plays out. Uh, what is going to be the most impactful decision that happens by Monday, the NFL draft deadline day. Um, Denzel Burke, Denzel. What you just said? What's he, I don't know. Jordan Hancock. I, I have I have a, a football crush on Jordan Hancock. So for for me, maybe maybe that's my answer. I just he like kind of ties the whole defense together for me, and like that to have a guy like that at that position, I just think is so valuable. So I guess I'll I'll change my answer. I'll say I'll say Jordan Hancock what he decides to do, and I think Ohio State might have to get creative in finding some answers for that nickel spot if Jordan Hancock does decide to go to the NFL. Um, and it's not I don't mean this to demean Denzel Burke as a player at, at all, 
but there's at least a clear succession plan at that position. If Denzel does decide to go to the NFL, it's less clear for me with, with Jordan Hancock. So I think I, I would say that's the biggest one still kind of lingering out there. Uh, yeah. And the point you just brought up is correct. I mean, when you look at what Jordan Hancock, Denzel Burke may have been the best defensive back on the team in 2023, but Jordan Hancock is the most irreplaceable of that group right now. And that's, that's the difference. But uh, to me, the answer is Travion Henderson, because I think that he is a legitimate Heisman trophy, you know, contender finalist. If he's healthy and plays the way he plays multiple alive. finalists on this roster. Wow. I mean, were you alive in 2019? The Buckeyes had three of the top six, you know, voter vote getters in 2019. It's possible. Uh, and Travion Henderson, we saw, that next gear, that next level out of him in the last five weeks of the year, that if you take that and, and extrapolate it through a full season where he's got a hammer like Judkins, who's uh, you know rotating in and out of the lineup with him, I think that, that is a really, really deadly combination. Um, and if you don't get Travion Henderson back, you're going to need to go to the transfer portal and find someone else. And that significantly lowers the overall talent in the room. Uh, I just think that the one-two punch of Henderson and Judkins is going to be a really, really special combination. And then you have the change of pace with Dallin Hayden, who I think can can be an elite player at Ohio State. That room goes from being a pretty big question mark uh, a month ago where you were not sure if Trey was going to come back and, and Mayan leaves and Evan leaves and Chip leaves. And, and you're like, oh, what the hell is going to be in the running back room? And now all of a sudden you're looking at Judkins, Henderson, Hayden with a uh, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised by what they get out of James Peoples and, and Sam Williams Dixon. So now you got a really good room. If if you lose Trey, that changes a lot in, in the in the offense. I feel like there's a a nice safety net now with Quinshawn Judkins there in the backfield that that makes doesn't diminish yeah, Trevion yeah, Henderson. Sure, but you don't he doesn't want to have 350 carries. So you still no. need to go find someone else. No, I, I you know, for sure. And I'm not it wasn't like Ah, there's no way. Like Travion's the wrong answer. Like I, I think it's a a good answer, a, a correct answer. I, but I think that ha- adding Judkins, having Dallin Hayden, and some of the other pieces that are in place here for Ohio State mean that like it doesn't it doesn't have to be all or nothing with Travion Henderson. And we've seen, you know, other options materialize, like a Trey Sermon in the transfer portal. That like you can find some veteran running backs who may be able to still help. If Judkins and Hayden would need a third, which to your point, and if you're going to play a million games in the expanded playoff next year, you're going to need more than three. We've seen Ohio State already have to go through five, basically the last two or three years in a row. So it, you're, you're certainly not wrong about that, but I, I feel I feel more confident that the running back depth is going to be okay than I do. If JT Tuimoloau leaves and at defensive end, you're forcing Caden Curry and Kenyana Jackson into the lineup where it's not that I don't think that those two guys are good players, not that I don't think that they can make a big jump after two seasons in the program going into year three. And we've seen a ton of dudes make that leap, the the Larry leap in year three. I, I, I'm, I'm expecting that probably will happen, but it's a little bit of a bet still on inexperience. They were not able to play a ton. In year two, which whether that was in in reaction to over rotation or that Larry didn't really believe that Kenyatta Jackson and Caden Curry were ready for that, he didn't have them involved nearly as much as JT and Jack a year ago. There are parts of that that I think are positive for those two guys, and there are parts that I think are are a little bit concerning 
for the next wave coming up. There, there's plenty of time where Ohio State could address that if they lose JT, and it feels to me at this very moment like they will. Either Whether he comes back or goes, I think that that is going to be a significant swing for Ohio State, and his decision is the one that I would say I have the least clarity on right now, uh, and it and it will definitely have a large and long-term impact on Ohio State. Yeah, if that happens, you have six defensive ends, right? And like Jack's kind of the only one who's played a significant workload. Like Kenyatta and Caden Curry have been in some big spots, but um, like Mitchell Melton hasn't really played. He's an older guy, but he hasn't played. Um, and you have Andrew Houston as a true freshman and Josh Mickens as a redshirt freshman. So like, yeah, that that becomes dicey, I think, pretty pretty quickly. Even if you are a believer in Kenyatta Jackson and Caden Curry, and I, I certainly am, um, that does feel like a spot where you need to address it with a transfer or like get creative with some guys on your roster, whether that's like a CJ Hicks or a Sonny Styles to try to supplement the pass rush that way. Or Arvel Reese. Or Arvel Reese. You can see all the people who are putting out their early predictions for the playoffs for 2024 and not including Ohio State. What do you think of that? In a 12 team playoff, not who did Ohio that? State? I've seen a couple national people who have not included Ohio State. Name. Was it Dennis, Dennis Dodd? It was Dennis. Give Dodd. me names. Give me names. Uh, the, the one I saw today was Barrett Sally from CBS, and I'm just curious as did to you have 12 SEC teams. Uh, I didn't. Uh, all I noticed was Ohio State wasn't in it, so I'm just trying to figure out uh, what planet people are living on if they think Ohio State's not going to be one of the top 12 teams in the country next year. Have they taken a look not just at Ohio State's roster, which is certainly one of the 12 best, probably one of the four best, but also their schedule? Tell me how that team does not make the playoff. What world that is. I'm saying, like, because to to not finish in the top 12, you figure Ohio State will have to lose three games in the regular season, right? Yeah. Like, three. Because you could conceivably lose to a top, Eight team in Oregon and a top eight team in Michigan, and st- and still make the playoff. I think if, depending on the way everything else shakes out. So I don't know. I'm, what they're- I'm looking at his bracket now because I had to get a glimpse at these warlocks after you told me that. Um, <laughs> Big Ten. He, Mich- he is. I'll just give you the whole thing. Uh, Georgia one, Michigan two, Clemson three, Oklahoma State four, Texas five. Alabama six, Washington seven, Notre Dame eight, Utah nine, Ole Miss ten, Tulane eleven, Boise State twelve. So he's got two G five teams in, two Big Twelve teams in, which is like more of a G five league now than it than it is a P five league anymore. And Washington, which like loses every impactful player off its roster in. Guess who else is losing all their impactful players? The reigning national champions. Who is, they're also going to lose their coach. He has them too? Yeah, he sure does. I mean... I guess we're all just slaves to the moment, right? Like, it's everyone's just in panic mode because I, I saw that and I'd seen a few others in the last couple of uh, days that had listed the same ge- general idea. And I, I guess, are we are we dumb for not putting that much stock into the Cotton Bowl or are is everyone else just that much, you know, brighter? I mean, I would say I'm thinking back uh, 12 days, 
were there were there people who put more stock into evaluating the Cotton Bowl than we did when we were standing at AT and T Stadium? Like we probably put way more into it in the moment than we should have. But yeah. it. But I said going into it, and I, I quickly after like just evaluating what happened on the field. I wasn't trying to make sweeping assessments of what that meant for the previous 12 games or that it changed a bunch of opinions about the way I felt about the staff alignment or any of the other things. Like once it was over, it was over. It didn't change that Ohio State was getting really good news about its roster coming back. It didn't change that they upgraded in certain situations in the transfer portal. It it doesn't change the fact that Ryan Day is currently making some pretty aggressive maybe more changes than than I would have anticipated two weeks ago. Like, I guess if that's what they're using to say Ohio State's not in the top 12 next year, then they are putting more stock in it. But that's that's madness to me. Like I mean did anyone I, watch- I had to watch I had to watch that game and cover it. And I'm yeah. done with it. Like if anybody should have their their brains infected by what they watched, it's it's the three of us who had to be in per- there in person and torture ourselves to watch it. Bill, Bill, you're a little more like objective than uh, I get a little prone to flights of, you know, emotional fancy. But uh, when you watched the Michigan with uh, Washington game on Monday night, do you watch that and not realize that Ohio State was clearly one of the four best teams in the country when they were at their full roster this year? Like, I, I don't know how anyone could watch that and think that that wasn't the case. Yeah, no, I, th- I thought I thought Ohio State compared favorably to all four teams that made the playoff, like watching both the semifinals and and the national championship. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's a fair point, and I I don't know like that that's just project. So the, the, so it's at Oregon, at Penn State, home against Michigan. You're just projecting them to lose all three of their good games, right? That and then you're saying they're not going to make the playoff. I guess that's not totally out of bounds. I, I don't know, like they're, they're those are difficult games, but yeah, anyone um, can lose games i mean i I guess that's the question like it it would have seemed to me then that the national media types are just like out on ryan day and uh, because i don't know that it's i don't think you can look at the roster and what's coming back and make that sort of leap without just assuming that ryan day cannot win an important football game ever again yeah i i I do i do feel like i have seen an increase in that sentiment after this year like I think, I think after last year, there were a lot of people, like nationally, who still believed Ryan Day could win a championship here. And then after this season, I think they've soured on him a little bit, which I which I don't necessarily think is is wrong based on the results. But um, leaving Ohio State out of the first twelve team playoff is probably a step too far for me. We also don't really know how the committee is going to handle a 12 team playoff. And if they even if they lost the three games and two of them were on the road to what I mean assuming top 10 teams, right? Uh and Barrett Sally's number 2 for the preseason, like would that still be the resume that's good enough? Like are you, you're going to take Boise State over a 9 and 3 Dwayne. Ohio State? I, I mean I I really don't know. We've never been in this situation and it's it's going to be just like going back to 2014 where there were a lot of sweeping assessments like this means you're definitively out. And that wasn't the case for Ohio State when they came back through and and won the Big Ten and, you know, leapfrogged a couple spots in the last year. Now we had a, a decade to look at it and we still were surprised by what happened with the college football playoff selection committee a month ago when Alabama got in. So that part, I think, even if you're looking at Ohio State's schedule and saying nine and three, which I think is 
that's not where I'm at with this roster and this team. You still don't know that that's not good enough. If you're going to take Tulane and Boise State, that to me, that's kind of defeating the purpose of what they tried to accomplish here to put into effectively two group of five teams compared to a power five schedule with tough ro- losses on the road. Like, how do you even get to that point with Boise State? I mean, they just fired their coach. Like they, they had, uh, I don't even understand. They won, uh, they won the Mountain West and retained the guy that won the Mountain West and they kept their best player too. They have a lot coming back. Cool. <laughs> I also, I also picked them to be the G5 playoff team next year. The second yeah. one, or, or you didn't the, pick the only, didn't, the only one. The yeah, only you didn't one. pick also Tulane. Yeah, which I did not I mean, do that. Though. Hmm. Fun. Come I mean, it's it's a lot. I, I just saw it, and I wanted to just get a little uh, taste of what you guys were thinking about that because it was interesting. Yeah, and that's where we you, should. You accomplished your goal of getting us uh, upset about hypothetical playoff scenarios on yeah. January tenth. So. Hey. Who knows? Maybe we'll be back uh, later on Wednesday with like a staff judgments or something if something good happens for Ohio State. We could also be back if something bad happens, but I don't want to put negative vibes out in the world for Berm. New and improved 2024 Berm, who joins us, as always, on the podcast daily, a hump day version, which was sort of a modified stock watch. I don't really know what it was. We just we got to get through it. We need Ohio State to get back to making news, and maybe they will later on today. For Bill Landis and Jeremy Birmingham, I'm Austin Ward. Thanks for joining us on the podcast daily. We'll talk to you later.